Hello, everyone. We're live, this time with a countdown timer, some level of production value, an attempt anyway. Um, so this week we have Amanda Rivera. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yes, I should have perfect. I should have clarified that before we actually went live, but there you go. These are the That's things great. that we forget. Um, <laughs> so first of all, thank you for joining in the middle of your workday. It's always much appreciated. And um, I think everyone knows you because you're pretty much been everywhere all over the face of Power BI for quite some time. I don't know uh, if I'd say everyone knows me. That That's probably, I mean, I'm not like Will or Amir or someone. <laughs> <laughs> or like well, a guy in a cube, you know, I'm not super fancy like that. Yeah, okay, okay. I, I, I see your point, but I think I was, I, I mentioned briefly before, before we went live, I was, I always get nervous before I start these, um, but this week, a little bit more nervous simply because when I first started working with Power BI, I saw some names and your name was, was like always there and it was always associated with, oh, wow, cool new features and stuff. That's fantastic. And isn't it so great that Power BI makes updates so frequently and stuff. So your name has always been like there or thereabout. Right. But you, you, you left for a while and then, then came back into the Power BI world, I believe, at some point. I did, yes. I took a, a year off to go work at another company and then okay. almost about a year ago, I came back to Power BI again. So... Back and forth, like boomeranging is what it's actually referred it's, to, boomeranged. We, we, we all miss you so much. So happy to have you back, of course. And you're, you're, um, you're a program manager. That's yes, your job yes. title. I'm always interested as to what job titles entail at, certainly, of course, at, at Microsoft and with people who work with Power BI, obviously. So could you tell us a bit more what that what you do and, and what that entails, all that kind of stuff? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Um, so program managers, they, I, everyone's probably going to have a slightly different definition because they can also vary a lot between different like companies, how mm -hmm. the PM role operates. But at Microsoft, I always like to think of the PM role as like the glue that connects all the different parts together. So mm -hmm. at the heart, like the core, I guess, of the job is really to specify what developers should build. So you're working a lot with developers, writing up technical specifications for new features, exactly how they should work. Okay. But you're also working with designers and figuring out based off of what you know needs to happen, how it should look, what should be the UX, what's the right user flow for the user to go through, trying to balance the, you know, like the high in the sky design mm -hmm. that we all want with what engineers can actually succeed in, in a reasonable amount of time. And then also obviously having to work with customers as well so we can actually make sure what we build is the right thing to build. Um, mm. So there's a lot of customer interaction as well. So yeah. you're kind of connecting all those different inputs to try and just improve the product any way you can. Well, that's quite, sounds quite intense. Sounds very interesting, <laughs> but, but, but quite intense. And you have to like maybe know quite a lot of things about different areas. Um, I, I like to say you know a little about a lot. So like, yeah, you know, okay. I'm, I'm not a developer. I, if you ask me to type like type up the feature, I would I would not be able to do that. Mm. I know just enough to like know is if something's going to be super difficult. I know not to even attempt that or like mm. an engineer is talking to me about what's going to be hard. We can have a somewhat equal conversation. I mean, I always think our developers are always super smart on our team, so I don't know if it's equal, but close-ish. Yeah, but yeah, we all have our, our our strengths, the things that we're, that we're good at, and sometimes yeah. people are very good, but you know, the, the ability to, to talk and present and show and explain 
Um, sometimes it's not within the wheelhouse of someone who just spends a lot of time doing a hard amount of, of coding. I'm not saying that it's true for everyone, but I can remember I was doing a, a presentation once with someone who was like a, a data scientist and he was like extraordinarily intelligent and we had to present some stuff about what we were doing. And um, he was not the best at presenting. And I kind of finished doing what I was doing. And I just like walked past him and we smiled and just exchanged a couple of words. And he, he, one of the things he was looking at me, he was like, oh, okay, wow. So like, like, like people skills. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah, um, I mean, it's definitely, there's a different talent you need for being able to actually build something versus communicate it out for yeah, sure. So, for sure. And, I mean, not all PMs need to be, all PMs need to have good communication skills, but there's also a difference in the communi communication skills you have internally within the company and your team mm -hmm. and externally. So PMs can oftentimes, oftentimes have like different skills. Like I wouldn't say I'm the best presenter live or like going to conferences. Uh, I, I do it and I'm okay at it, but I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, you know, the massive keynote speaker at yeah. conferences oftentimes, but I think it's this, the skills that you kind of learn over time as well. I, I remember when I first, before I did any Power BI type work at all, I really didn't, I was just doing and um, working in a department. It was very just data, but nothing too, too complex. And one of my, my bosses said to me at the time, I hated, hated doing presentations. She said, trust me, do it enough. You'll, you'll start to like it. And she was right. Yeah. It was after about six months, I really genuinely started to love it. Um, but I brought this, yeah. this, this, this comment before by Christian, because I actually, I agree with that. I was thinking before when you agreed to come on about the old, um, Power BI desktop updates and I was, yeah, they were, they were good. I used to really, really like those. They were like nice kind of, I, I, I agree, I agree with the sentiment for sure. I'm not sure why yeah. they're different, but they were, they were cool. And you, you don't do this I anymore though, right? No, I don't. So I did it up until the point that I left Microsoft the first time. And, you know, okay. you mentioned, you know, the more you you speak, the better and more comfortable you got. The same thing I think applies for anything. And that applied for me for the blog and the video. Like I look back to the first like YouTube videos I ever made and like they make me cringe so much. And like there were, I mean, it's YouTube, so they're not super nice comments. But at one point someone was like, it sounds like nails on a chalkboard or Who's hiring? Why is Microsoft hiring children and stuff? And it's like wow. all of these comments at the beginning. And I mean, the, the videos weren't like super great. Um, and then like as I done it more and more, I got faster and better at it. So you get mm. a lot more uh, confidence <laughs> for sure as you do things more. Sure, but you, it's kind of when you look back at the stuff that you've done, it's easy to kind of go, "Oh, that kind of sucks." But that's got to be the goal, right? Is to look back and not, mm -hmm. be, yeah, that that was fine. Because it kind of shows that you've, you know, come a long way. You've developed. You do things yeah. a lot better. It's, yeah. you know, maybe one day I look back at these and think, yeah, that was just this was terrible. Now they're so much better. But because of people like yourself, of course, I'll never look back and think that for sure. Um, one second. So can, I'm not sure if you can answer questions like this, but Bernard um, asked this question: Why the change in Dax intelligence? I'm not sure if that's something that you can even answer or happy to answer. But I'll just put it up there just in case. Oh, this is interesting as well. I've, you, again, you mentioned a little bit ago about like, you know, you have to know a lot of stuff. People mm. assume because I work on the Power BI team and I also did those monthly videos about all of the different features that I know the entire product really well. As a PM, you tend to specialize. Mm. And so I, I'm going to say in advance, any comments around DAX or M probably cannot answer them, to be honest. I 
specialized a, a lot of my time, like, I don't like three or four years before I quit the first time, mm. uh, I worked on the visualization space. So I know a lot about reporting and how the visuals work. But if you ask me to like, I don't know, write a, a DAX calculation with even like calculate as a function, mm. I start getting, I start sweating. So I, I can assure you with me, you're in a really good company there because when, I mean, um, yeah, okay, a little bit, but DAX, I'm like, yeah, where can I copy and paste the entire thing that I need? And maybe I can improvise a little bit, but DAX is. But I, I love, I've always loved the, 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 the visual and the presentation side of Power BI. I find it really, I love the, the ability to kind of be a bit, um, yeah, artistic is the wrong word, um, but be a bit of creative, I should say. Be a bit creative what you can do and, and use strange little workarounds to achieve some really like quite fun stuff which is why i really at first when the new the update to um the new shapes and stuff came out mm-hmm. i was like you're okay like whatever but then i looked at it i was like this is actually pretty awesome yeah and i really really enjoyed some of the cool stuff that you can do i actually started making this really random report where i changed every shape and i kind of made it <laughs> end up making it look like a skyline with a road going through the middle i have no idea what? where i did it yeah i just did it because i could for you know what That's for so some cool. have you for, have you posted this i want to see it no i haven't I, actually it was i i accidentally did it in um, a, a report that i was doing for work and i had it on a page that i accidentally published on on a work report and i was like no it was a weird thing. I don't know why I did this, but for some reason, the first thing that came into mind when I realized you could do with shapes is I, this is ridiculous. I tried to kind of roughly recreate, you know that really famous photograph of the Beatles crossing the road on the, on, on the, on the zebra crossing? Yeah. That. That's what you so, made? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really badly, don't get me wrong. It doesn't, but I had the, the road and the zebra crossing and the lights, and then I started to put like houses. I, I don't know why. I just thought if I can make if all these shapes can be can be used as a kind of buttons or, or things where, that you can activate, I just started doing that. And um, yeah, so at some point I'll have to finish it and publish it, but it's really fun. I like to use it to to um, do like really not non-typical stuff because I think quite often we get bogged down with the fact that, we... <laughs> sorry, I just wrote, but with a sheep, I actually did at first have sheep and stuff on it. I don't know, I had a road and I had sheep. I, I have no idea why I, why I did these things. It just, <laughs> I, I needed to get a picture. I want like like a, 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 PN, a, a transparent, like a PNG. And I just went with sheep and I had a sheep on there. So yeah, it was quite strange. Um, but yeah, we kind of yeah. get bogged down with the, that reports are, are always like business reports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they really, really don't have to be. Like quite often you can recruit reports on really random stuff. So it's kind of what I enjoy as well when it comes to the visual side. So. Didn't you like make a report that's being used on a football, the uh, the real yeah. football, not the American football, right? We can call it soccer. It's fine, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, with my friends, I play so fantasy football, so fantasy soccer, and a. It's I okay. Fa- my husband. My husband's from Mexico and he always says football as well. So I'm used to it. <laughs> Fantastic. Then I'll revert back to, I won't say the correct way, but the correct way. Um, sorry. Um, so fantasy football report. And uh, there's two things. One of the other things that I really enjoy about working with Power is I really, really enjoy using um, API data um, because I think it represents a really interesting challenge and it can be quite frustrating, but very rewarding. So the, the fantasy football a- um, website has a really nice API. So I connected the API and I've, 
build this report. Though I have to admit, it was the report that I've probably been using since 2017 to use as my base report to try new stuff. And it is a absolute garbage fire or dumpster fire, whatever people say, of just, it, it works fine. It, no, if you if anyone opened this PBX and look look behind the visual side, I'd be thoroughly ashamed. I've literally started to rebuild it because I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, no, I'm just when you when you're building kind of stuff when it starts to feel like unstable, it's just built on. Mm-hmm. And as a person who doesn't like calculated columns, I looked inside and there was a lot of calculated columns in there. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm changing it. Um. So yeah. But I think the. Uh like finding an API or something that you're really interested in and making a report off of it is a really great way to use the product and get like try out a bunch of different features for a while. Like we we would on the Power BI team, we have like town halls and stuff on a somewhat regular basis where we talk about, you know, metrics and how we're doing and what kind of uh, features have shipped recently. And so oftentimes PMs would demo their features. So to demo all the reporting features, several years ago now, um, I built a Netflix report with all of my Netflix data. So like what things I've been watching, what movies, TV shows. And so I would connect, I would download all my Netflix data and then I connect that to like IMDB data. So I could like see what genres and languages and stuff. And it was Mm. a lot of fun. And then Mm. it it makes such a good demo going forward once you have it built. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I can only agree with that. When people ask, you know, like I want to get started with Power BI and what can I do? My response is always just have a project. And for me, in my opinion, preferably not a work project, like a, like a passion project, because it's so much easier to kind of really get involved. I, I, I also did this Netflix one and once not as detailed as you, not with combining with the IMDb. This is a really cool idea. I stopped doing it because I think it was probably the deep sense of shame of the how many hours of Netflix I was watching. I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't look at that anymore. But, yeah, uh, that yeah. was the running joke for sure when I would demo off of it. It was just like, it's just a lot of TV. That's my hobby is <laughs> TV. Yeah. So. It's a very legitimate hobby. Um, okay, this one, Johnny, this is exactly what I was going to go into next. Any features you're particularly excited about releasing? Because let's face it, we're all interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, are, you allowed, uh, are you allowed to share? That would be great. Yeah, I can share one thing. Um, so the so I mentioned I used to work on visuals and reporting. So that's what I worked on before I left Microsoft for that year. And once I came back, I started owning this area called Quick Create. Uh, and it's all around getting started really quickly. So if you are not an, an analyst or you know, you're an information worker who has data, you can really easily just jump from, I'm looking at a table of data to landing on a report. So you get to skip all the complex parts of the product, I would say, mm. of M and making mm. your model and all that stuff. And land, especially if it's you know just a single table of data, you can just land on some charts and start playing around. And um, we are starting to roll out soon. It's not live quite yet, but very soon. Um, we are rolling out an integration with Dynamics. So this is something I've been working on for a while, so I'm personally really excited about it. Um, here on a, pa- a model-driven power app or Dynamics, there's this, uh, you oftentimes, one of the most common pages is a grid of data, and it's just, a, they call it views. And it has like all of your sales data that you've been inputting or opportunities. And now you can just click one button and you end up with a Power BI report connected off of the exact data that you were looking at. 
and then you can go in there and explore. And so I'm always really excited. Like this is where I'm really focusing now is easy ways to get people into Power BI mm -hmm. yeah. and maybe not trying to get them into the Power BI service or download desktop, at least to start, but actually like meet them wherever they are. You know, we spend a lot of time building out these really robust tools, but it still requires people to know to go to Power BI. But yeah. what about all these people who have data, but maybe they never even heard of Power BI and they could really, you know, benefit from starting to to analyze their data. So like, how can we tap into this audience and help them? So that's something I'm really excited about personally. Cool. I think, I think the, sorry, oh, please continue. No, you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think accessibility and, and getting people to use the tool is of course a huge, um, a huge topic. I, I've always thought that the benefit of Power BI or when it comes to accessibility was the fact that it's so easy to actually download Power BI desktop. I think if you look at a lot of the tools, you'll see contact us for a um, a quote or contact us for a, for a trial or that kind of stuff. Where yeah. Power BI, it's like I've downloaded it and I was started and I didn't have to speak to a single person and it was free. Awesome. Let's get some data. Um, and I, I never thought about it the other way though. So actually connecting or getting people to use Power BI without even considering the desktop option that's quite a i never even consider, consider it to be quite honest so that's quite interesting how how do you think i mean is it is there is a thought that there'd be like one key or one standard way to come to power bi or is it really hopefully that this is basically many different points of entry all of which are equal i think it's going to be many different points of entry eventually there's always mm. going to be you know, we, we want to reach as many people as possible. So if we force everyone to have to come to our website and download desktop, no matter how easy it is to actually download yeah. it, there's always going to be people who aren't going to bother. Yeah. But if we can meet them wherever they are, we can access a bunch more people. And so the, the dynamics integration I mentioned is one way, but there's a lot of other stuff happening on our team that is also helping with this. So like we just at uh, around Ignite, we GA'd a Power BI app as part of Teams. And so okay. like, if you are already in Teams, they can be a, your company can turn on by default the Power BI app, and you can just jump in to start using Power BI right there. And you know, Teams is more and more becoming the place where we do our business, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, and so it's a good, yeah. good way. We have Excel integrations because you know, everyone uses Excel. So we have lots yeah. of Excel integrations and doing more there. I was going to ask about that because I saw um, uh, uh, was it a few days ago something about Excel changes to the um, export to Excel functionality or something. I'm yeah, sure. so we are rolling out uh, improvement. Another PM on my same team is has been working on this for a while, and I know he's mm. super excited. We are really like completely revamping the way you can export data into Excel. So if you're looking at a table in Power BI. One of the like major complaints has always been whenever I export that, it doesn't yeah. look the same when it makes it to Excel. And so okay. we are basically making it so that almost every like layout, however it's laid out in Power BI, when you export it to Excel, it looks exactly the same. So then you can just start jumping into whatever you were wanting to use Excel for instead of mm -hmm. having to spend time getting the data back into the, the format you were looking for. Is there a... a benefit of that because I actually kind of recently told everyone who asked me this question about export to Excel to kind of go through with the um, 
access the data through Excel, as in connect to the Power BI data set. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think that we don't really want to limit people, I would say. Mm -hmm. So eventually, eventually, I think the ideal state for companies to be in is that you are doing what you're saying of connecting to the data set in Power BI and then mm -hmm. building it in Excel. So you have that one source of truth. That, that is where you want okay. to be is the one source of truth. But sometimes if you just need to answer a quick question and then you're going to move on, then it's just easier to hit export and make your Excel chart or filter it or whatever you're doing in Excel. And then you're going to delete it and move on with your life. You're not saving it and referring <laughs> to it again. So that, yeah. then, then it can be overkill. So we need to kind of meet users wherever they are in that. I guess journey and what they're trying to attempt. That is very, very valid, and I think kind of one of the reasons I never think about it that way is because you you say that you don't you don't want to limit people, and sometimes I kind of do, though it's not a good thing that I do. Sometimes it's kind of yeah, just do it this way and it's fine, and then you just then you can do that forever. But you're quite right, actually, to give people multiple options is is no bad thing, and. I can't expect from me that everyone thinks or wants to do or has the same functions in their job as, as, as I do, you know? So as you say, it's quite a nice idea to say, okay, here's my data. I've got, I've got what I want. I'm finished and moving on with my life. It's pretty cool. I mean, it is important, I think, for the product life cycle, life cycle for us <laughs> to have those kind of features, though, where you can really start yeah. to standardize it. Uh, sure. Going back to the, the comment you flashed a minute ago around um, this one. Yes. Around yeah. like, you know, how do you balance the easy and accessible stuff versus the heavily technical stuff? And I really think of it. It's more of like not like it's A or B. It's mm. it's all like a scale and we need to have support our users wherever they are in the scale. So whenever you're new or just getting started or, you know, you just have one quick question and you're moving on with your life life after that we need those really quick easy actions that you can take or you're just going to i don't know do something you're not going to use power bi because it's too heavy for you exactly. um, but we need to support those like pro developers who are building power bi reports and packaging them as apps and deploying them out to their whole company we have mm -hmm. to support both ends of the spectrum and then also develop features that let you slowly grow. So maybe you start out with just that one question and you got your answer fast with Power BI and now you're interested in Power BI. And now I want to start learning more. So can I take my next little step out of my comfort zone and start playing with some visuals and tweaking what Power BI gave me? And then, oh, maybe I, I need to add a little more to my data. Oh, what's the stack state thing? And then we yeah. can we can grow with you basically yeah. as you go. This is, it's interesting to hear, I think, uh, for a couple of reasons. I think sometimes I, certainly when, if you look at Twitter or conversations that I had within the community, whoever you want to include within that phrase, the community, there is the, the, it's quite easy to forget that not everyone thinks the same way or has the same knowledge or even cares as much, you know, like when there's mm -hmm. discussions about the way things should be done and this is a best practice and this is the, this is the way to do it and everything should be done this way. I think it's sometimes okay just to think, okay, every now and then someone's going to come along and just want to have a look at some data and they don't care about all of that. And it's like a stepping stone. You know what I mean? When I first started using it, I didn't care about any of that. I just wanted to put some, mm -hmm. what I, going back to what you said before, 
Um, I would have wanted to put some, what I now consider to be absolutely horrific visualizations on some data and think that it looks cool because it was easy. It was easy just to take, take this column and then drag it on this visualization and like, oh my God, that pie chart is so cool and um, that kind of stuff, you know? Um, and now I, I am where I am, which is of course a lot further than it was when 2000, January of 2017 or where it was when I started. Um, so yeah, it kind of, it, it's kind of like, I mean, for me, like an, like an addictive thing for want of a better word, it's really kind of draw all the coolness kind of draws you in. And certainly yeah. when, when you look at, um, from, from your side, you talked about all the, 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 the updates that are, that are released or the new ideas that you have to help people on different levels. I did think for a while or, or that from the, the, the Power BI side for the Microsoft side, there was always this assumption that everyone has quite a deep knowledge um, and that it didn't really help the, the, the newer users. Um, but that's not the case anymore, to be honest. I think when I, I think that came from stuff where I saw things being released where I was like, if I gave that to someone who was just gonna consume my report, it would confuse the mm -hmm. hell out of them. Um, so to see things now, like you've done with the, um, the, the, the um, I forget the name of it, the quick reports where you can just take it, what you were mentioning before. Mm -hmm. This is a cool That's thing. Great. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a cool thing. Yeah. It's interesting as a PM, we do have to balance all of this stuff. Like obviously we value so much the input we get from the community, whether it's on Twitter, we, a lot of the PMs, you know, are on Twitter quite actively, or if it's on our ideas site, we take it, we do take in all this feedback and we value it, but it can't be the only input because that's, then it, it becomes very weight towards one section of our users. You know, we have to hear that input. We have to understand that there's some CEO somewhere that's like, my report has always had a pie chart. I, I will never use a tool if it doesn't support pie charts. And, <laughs> Um, you know, and also those new users who are not, I would say, the stereotypical, you know, analyst out there who are just, they have access to data now. And I think that's becoming so much more common as we technology and, you know, everything is being tracked now. You know, every, every click you make, honestly, is being tracked. So, um, you know, all these people are having access to data who haven't before. And so how can we help them too? So yeah. we have to we have to focus on all those personas and figure out, and we're not always successful in the Power BI team. I think sometimes we weigh too heavily on one end or the other, you know, we focus maybe too much on AI visuals or too much on the new, the getting started flow, you know, but mm. you know, that's our, our, always what we're trying to do is find that right balance between it. Yeah, for sure. No, I think for me it works. I um, yeah, I think for, when it comes to the, I think sometimes yes. I mean, it's the same with everything. You focus on one thing for a while because that's where the projects are kind of leading, and then the, the tapes mm -hmm. it another way, and you go down somewhere else. Um, just thinking about what you said before about the amount of data that's available. I when I started at the company I um, I'm currently working at, it was a big shift in the type of data. Previously, I worked for, um, it was just really, you know, this is sales data. This is our EBIT. This is our net sales, all this type of stuff. And then we started working at my current company. More, it was, it's more like, a, it's like e-commerce, you know, and a lot of data about, you know, um, the, the, the behavior of customers, all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. But I noticed in myself as a, as a customer, 
I'm very much, oh my God, please just leave me alone and, and don't take my data. And it's really annoying and I don't want to click on this button. But as a Power BI analyst, a developer, whatever you want to call it, I'm just like, yes, give me more data. <laughs> I want all of it. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it, I think it, we're definitely like, I don't know, coming to a head on, I, I guess that's the phrase, um, on this subject. I think it's an interesting, we have to strike the right balance of being able to understand what users want hmm. because that makes their lives better if we can actually build things that are targeted to them, but we can't invade their privacy either. Of and we don't so. want to do that. Yeah. And so like, how can, how can we find again, balance, it's all balance. How can we strike the right balance that we are both, you know, happy with the situation that we're in? Yeah. <laughs> I know my, it's interesting, you know, all this data coming in and you saying you don't want to be tracked. I definitely have started caring a lot more about privacy, I would say, in the last few years myself. My, we don't have any, like, smart speakers in our house. Oh, really? Know, that's interesting. <laughs> so, I think yeah. somehow I've, I've gone the other way. Like, I, I, I mean, not really because of, data privacy, but I closed down my Facebook account simply because I just didn't care anymore about that sort of stuff. But I think with, my date, with, with data or what I have in my house, I've definitely gone the other way. For example, like Google products. Previously, I was like, why would I ever own like a doorbell with like a camera on it? And like, it's, it's like it links to my phone. Why would I own it like a Google Nest doorbell, whatever they're called? And then now that we work from home all the time and we have a dog that goes absolutely mental every time someone presses the doorbell, <laughs> And I had to run down the stairs because it was like three flights of stairs because someone was like, can Florence, my daughter, can can, can, your, can, can she come out and play? And I'm like, no. And I'm in a meeting. I'm going to run down. And I've, I've gone more like, oh, it's so convenient. So I'm just going to do it. And then I'm looking at getting Google Nest's um, Wi-Fi, which also has a Google speaker inside. And on some levels, I care. And some levels, I just stop caring. It's, yeah. I Again, it's just like, how much benefit do you get? If they can yeah. give you enough benefit from it, people are more willing to, to be flexible, I guess. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and then we get to um, and, and fantastic um, visualizations and, and, and play around with it a little bit. It's, uh, but you're quite, I, th I think as, as, as long as it's, it's not particularly evil, as long as it's just kind of somehow benefiting, um, then, then, then it's quite okay. Anyway. Yep. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, something about actually Ignite, to be honest, because we obviously had Ignite a, a couple of weeks ago. Was that a, is this always like a particularly busy time for you or is it more, um, is this something that you get heavily involved in? Like what's your role in that? Is it depending on what's being planned or is it always something that's? Yeah, I would say how it was definitely, I feel, feel like in the before times when there was actually in person, a much bigger part of yeah. my life. I would always, I'm a big Disney fan, and well, most of the time Ignite was in Orlando, so I would always find a way to make sure I got to go to Ignite, so I could also like sneak off and go to the, the parks on the side. Um, just explain, I'd rather be at Disneyland in your Twitter bio, I think is what it says. There, Disney yeah. World. Disney World. Disney, I apologize. If you talk to Disney, Disney people, it's important if it's land or world. What's the difference? I don't know, what's the difference? Oh, I mean, do you, this could be its own like live stream. <laughs> I mean, but the basic difference is Disneyland's in California and Disney World is in Florida. Um, oh, but they're also okay. different sizes. There's only two parks in Disneyland. There's four parks in Disney World. Disneyland, a lot of people, it was, Walt Disney was still alive when it was 
like open and running. So he was heavily involved in it, less so with the other Disney parks. So there's a lot of really strong passion in in the Disney community. I like it. I I have no, I have no issues with talking about really random stuff here. So I I appreciate the, the, the Disney education there. Um, but oh, ignite! So I yeah. used to be a big part of my life. Um, okay. I would say now that it's virtual, it really mm-hmm. depends on what features are coming out. So like, if you're working on an area that's going to have a moment at ignite, mm-hmm. then you're going to be, you know, that's your focus as a PM is making sure that mm-hmm. it's all the feature is ready, its demos are smooth. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I don't know, your feature is just starting, your next big feature is just starting up and it's not going to be announced until the, you know, the next Mm. business application summit or whatever the next big conferences build or what have you, then that's going to be what you focus on and Ignite's not going to be as important. So yeah, now that it's virtual, we can, I don't know, compartmentalize, I think a little bit better. Good word, compartmentalize, like it. Uh, Was it... I have to going back to to the visual aspects and and I think combined with Ignite. I was really excited about a feature that I don't think has been hasn't been released yet for sure, and it's the page navigation buttons. Oh yeah, that was Ignite <laughs> in in May, or it was at the 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 business application summit. I think. Oh sorry, no, I'm, yeah. I get. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Parts of it ha- are starting to roll out, like the, the all the fancy new button stuff was kind of part of that. It's kind of like okay. the, the base, and then mm-hmm. the fancier bit gets built on top of that. Mm-hmm. And that that's still in the works. I not cool. I can't necessarily say the specific month. Of but, course. Uh, this is always the interesting thing about creating demos for conferences, especially like mm-hmm. big conferences or the keynote demos. We always have such a mix of features that we're showing that are about to release are really close and we want to drive mm. excitement with that. But we also want to show vision as part of those keynotes. And so a lot of times the features we show are more the vision side. I mean, it, they're definitely real. Like there was real co- code being involved. <laughs> it wasn't okay. just like pictures on the screen. It was real. <laughs> I was really demoing. But it doesn't mean it's like, you know, completely polished and ready to ship. And there's sometimes there's a lot that has to happen between okay. when the demo it's demo ready and when it's actually ship ready. So there's always a, sometimes can be a bigger lag for some features that are more. It makes sense for sure. I I just make, I I was really hesitant whether to ask you that or not, because I didn't want to put you on the spot and feel like I was like demanding to know when it's going to be released. I'm just really genuine. I I saw it and I was like, that is cool. Because I I, I, I love working with, with, with buttons, you know, I think, especially for for page navigation, one of my Mm -hmm. colleagues, he, he hates buttons. I love them each of their own. Um, I tend to never create a report that in which the user can navigate through anything other than buttons, which I know kind of might annoy some. I don't like letting them navigate through the the gray tabs. I don't like navigation through the panel on the left hand side, especially because I create a lot of reports privately that are like embedded in mm-hmm. a website where you don't have that functionality. So for right. me, it's always I have one one report page. Everything else is hidden, and they're all buttons. Um, so yeah, yeah I mean, that can oftentimes be the best flow for users. I mean, if you don't want to be that fancy, we do have all the you know navigation options sure. in by default. But especially if you're going to be spending a lot of time in building something that is more of an application, 
being able to actually create buttons on the screen, I think gives it a nicer uh, feeling to it. Um, and like those features, like the buttons and bookmarks are also my favorite for, for shipping to users because you never know how people are gonna use them. I, I yeah. was the PM for bookmarks whenever it first came out. Oh, and really? how I envisioned, I mean, I knew people were gonna use it to build like fancy things and like apps and buttons and stuff, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize how far the community was going to go with it and run with cool. it. And so I love seeing like all the creative hacks and stuff people nice. use to make like that. That was always my favorite part about working on reporting is mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much creativity and sure. you said you didn't want to call it art, but I think it is a lot of people can make it art yeah. on their reports and I love it. <laughs> I, I'm personally happy calling art. I just want to, I didn't want to feel I was getting carried away, you know? So if you, if you're happy with art, let's just between yeah. us to stick with art. Yeah. It's art. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, no, I, I like the, the, the navigation buttons. I like it because I think the user kind of feels more involved in the report because you're always, your eyes are always in the mm -hmm. same like, report page rather than looking under it kind of makes you feel more connected somehow um I mean, a lot of science behind that as well like you want to make sure users okay oh, it's not just us who wants to call it art i was thinking if anyone was going to agree it was going to be kerry because kerry is really down with the with the visually beautiful stuff so that would um that makes sense to me so now it's three of us we're getting there yes and i mean like i was i was just about to say it's there's also a science to it like you know people pay more attention whenever things are well designed and yeah. they're going to be able to focus more and learn the insights that you want them mm. to learn from the data if you spent time thinking about how they're going to interact with it and how it looks. It, Absolutely. Yeah. I saw a post on LinkedIn. I spent too much time on LinkedIn, unfortunately, because I have to post stuff and not a big fan of it, but I saw it. And it was a, a just a, a box with some text inside. And the text literally said, your eyes will first read this, then you'll read this, then you'll see this, and then you'll see that. And literally my eyes did it that's in that order. I was like, yes. I was like, that's witchcraft. How did you know that was going to happen? It was- It's all science. There's a science to it. Yeah, for sure. I don't understand it at all. Um, I try to follow as best as I can, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it'll be, I should read more about it because I do generally really, really love it. and. You talking about how you, you enjoy people using bookmarks and, and buttons. I was asked about a month and a half ago by someone if I wanted to do like a like a, a presentation about something. So just pick any topic. And I was like, you know what? I want to do buttons and bookmarks because I love buttons and bookmarks. So I think next, I think on the 15th, I'm, I'm doing like a, a half an hour, 45 minute presentation just about how to use buttons and bookmarks because they're so fun. You can do such cool things with them. You can really enhance the report in a way that wouldn't be otherwise they could, mm -hmm. otherwise possible. They can be really difficult to use sometimes. Setting them up can be a challenge, but totally worth it. Love it. Yep, I totally agree. Fantastic. I didn't I didn't know what agree on that, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy now. <laughs> um, I did wanna, one thing, this isn't really Power BI related, but going back to Ignite, I, I was watching the your last live stream and you mentioned that you were, uh, watching, you saw the thing around the metaverse and those little avatars and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that Ignite was a big deal in my household for that because that's what my husband works on. So, oh, really? Mm-hmm, my husband oh, works on that. That's very cool, like a Microsoft Dream Team right there. That's cool. 
Yeah, my actually my husband previously, he's a developer, not a VM, and he actually worked on Power BI for a while and then went off to do a bunch of other stuff, including now working on fancy team avatars in the metaverse. <laughs> That's quite nice. But, Maybe yeah, we met on the Power BI team. <laughs> I was wasn't sure if, I would ever, if that was okay to ask. So that's that that's nice. Wow. So you're really like a very Power BI family. No one now. They're generally Microsoft family. That's quite cool. I used to uh, work at a company, and the the amount of people in that place who met their their partner or whomever there, it was quite funny. There was so many um, like couples like where where did you meet? Yeah, I met at work you spend so much time there you know yeah especially like living near microsoft campus a lot of uh i feel like a lot of microsofties marry other microsofties because there's just so many microsofties in the area you don't yeah for sure you can you can walk into a random bar and then yeah. just so happens that the person's yeah that, that makes sense for sure uh, that's quite cool though maybe one day we can bring in the avatars to be visualized within power bi so if you have a report that's built for someone or a specific, specific person you can have that person's avatar in there as well maybe you can put them in a button i'm not sure that could be cool we could uh you could have your avatar walk around the a report and point at things inside the report as you narrate it yeah or you can isn't i've never used it obviously because it's too cool um you can use the, the goggles and you have the reports. Yeah, the HoloLens. The HoloLens, the goggles, Jesus Christ. And the HoloLens, exactly. That would be really cool to have your avatar within the HoloLens that's kind of using the Power BI. That could be quite nice. Wow. We're getting yeah, so we far do, ourselves. We do have some Power BI integrations in HoloLens. I'm going to confess that I'm not an expert in those, but I know you can like pin charts on like machinery or something. And as you like walk right. by your HoloLens, you can see the charts associated I don't know, this oil drill or whatever. Yeah, it's a great um, idea. I won't <laughs> clip it exactly. Um, it's, it's a great, I would love to work in an environment where that was some kind of necessity because for me, it would be such a ridiculously unnecessary luxury, but I want it anyway. <laughs> I might ask my boss if there's some budget for some HoloLens so I can walk around and I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I'm not in the office anymore, I suppose. I'm working from home, but yeah, back, so back in the day, like, like a, like a Power BI report on the coffee machine to tell us how much, when the coffee's expired or something, or when we need to fill something up, just for the sake of it, you know, why not? Yeah, you, it's it's necessary to keep the office running smoothly. Exactly. You want the sure. office to run smoothly, so you guys are your most productive. So exactly. you need a HoloLens, I think okay, so. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down, I'll email to him and, and say that you've approved it as well. So that really, at this point, should be enough, I think, you know. If it comes from, you know, a Microsoft program manager, then should be fine. Uh, cool. Um, so yeah, um, basically in the next um, months, I think we've already asked, we've talked about like what's com what's coming com com comes, sorry, coming up and stuff. Um, is there anything like else in, in general that you kind of see is going to be making a difference from the day? Well, I saw some stuff such as like um, was it hybrid tables or something. Do you know anything about that? I'm, I'm curious. I That is not an area I feel comfortable necessarily talking about. I know we're doing a lot in that okay. area. Hmm. I would also say, again, not necessarily the area I'm highly involved in, but Synapse is definitely something to be watching out for as well. Hopefully, people who did watch Ignite saw that. There was a lot of stuff happening hmm. and a lot of announcements in that area. Um, so I would definitely, especially if you are kind of interested and you haven't explored it yet, definitely look into that area. 
Hmm. So that's that's one thing I would say. Synapse is really interesting. And okay. then I would say there's just definitely more we're going to continue to do on the other side of the spectrum of the, you know, the you, the information workers and people who aren't typically analysts. We, we talked about a few of those things. Like I mentioned, the Teams app and the downloading desktop and Quick Create. There's also Goals, which is having um, a lot right. of stuff happening. Um, and true. Yeah. Goals. I forgot about goals. Yeah, goals. Well, I, you know, I, I didn't pay a lot of attention to that when it first came out. Um, but I just recently had a look and it's actually really cool. It's a really nice feature that I'm not sure why I didn't pay much, so much attention to it. I didn't really understand what it was for, if, if I'm quite honest. Um, but very nice. Yeah, I think, um, it, it's definitely, it's great place to start with Power BI because it, well, to use Power BI historically, you always needed to have data accessible to you at that moment. But mm. with goals, everyone already has goals. Like if you work at a company, you have some kind of goal you're mm. working towards. Mm. So, it, and you don't even have to, I mean, it's better if you can connect it to a Power BI data set and have the goal track automatically, but you can just go in and type your goals and manually update them if you want. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's a great way to get started and dip your toes into the Power BI waters, mm. I guess. Um, yeah. And uh, and there's so much that we've been doing there. Like at Ignite, again, we had a lot of announcements around goals. We're making them, you know, a lot easier to use and more fun to use. And we did, there was an announcement around Power Automate and using Power Automate with goals. So like yeah. if a goal dips or something, you can send a message to you in Teams. So you know, without ever having to log in that it happened. I missed that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I My favorite features in general now, now that I'm not in the reporting space, are the <laughs> ones that connect different products together. Because I just think that makes yeah. everything more powerful. If you can find a way to use Power Apps and Power BI or Power Automate and Power BI or Synapse Absolutely. and Power BI. So, so much more interesting and just more useful all around. So the, yeah. that goals Power Automate, I think, is really powerful. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I the, the, the Power Automate integration, which came, I forget when, was fantastic. I, I loved using that. It's really mm -hmm. a, um, a, a powerful usage um, of the tool. So yeah, I mean, the, the power package working together, of course, is always, is always a great thing. So cool. Uh, I don't want to take it too long. Uh, you, you have very valuable time. I understand that. And it's the 45 minutes have, have, have passed so we can start wrapping up. I just like to say thank you very much for joining because um, as I mentioned at the very start, it was all you were always like the, the the face of the of the you and you and Will actually with the, with the two people I always kind of associated before even I knew what um you know the guy in the cube and all that kind of stuff uh, <laughs> were it, it was it was you and Will so it's quite been a, quite a surreal experience talking to you to be honest um but really enjoyable and very very helpful yeah, I had really, fun yeah thank you please. for inviting me I feel so special to be able to do a live stream with someone. <laughs> Yeah, the live streams are always um, uh, interesting for sure. I'm always a bit, uh, as I say, a bit nervous as, as to where they're going to go. But I've always had fun with them and today's been no difference whatsoever. And for everyone who's been chatting and asking questions and making random comments, that's always really adds to the fun and helps helps it go along. So for everyone who joined in the chat and uh, watching wherever you're watching, that's really cool. Thank you so much for taking part. And uh, Amanda, thanks again for, for being here. And um, Yes, thank you. Cool. Then everyone have a lovely evening or a lovely day, whatever the time may be, or a lovely morning. I think Kerry, she's over in Australia. So wherever you are, enjoy the rest of your day. Okay.
Thanks very, very much and uh, goodbye. And I'll be here next Thursday. Oh, next Thursday, before I always kind of forget. We have, who do I have on next Thursday? We have, yeah, Oz Soleil. So he's the um, data and um, Excel style guru. He makes some really cool videos. So I'll be talking to him next week, which I look forward to. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone. Goodbye. Thanks, have fun.